1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
0: Hey guy good morning.
1: Good morning Dawn. there's a lot going on in the world and in our backyard it's hard to yeah, keep up.
0: I know, I just wanted to give those updates off the top and we do have we did have that audio with President Joe Biden speaking out. Um first of all, Joe Biden, President Biden's comment to Netanyahu and to the world, really saying, Well, uh, you know, the, I, I know it didn't come from you pointing to Netanyahu and then saying, Looks like it came, it appears to, oh, let's listen to it. Let's listen to it so I can have you re- react on the other side.
2: I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. Yep.
0: Um, you know what? I'm going to interrupt this. President Joe hear. Biden just began speaking. Guy, can you hang with us and respond to this around? Let, let's take this live. Of if course. we could. Uh, president Joe sure. Biden speaking to the world, speaking in Israel, United States president. Us,
2: hundreds, hundreds of young people at a music festival. The festival was for peace, for peace, gunned down as they ran for their lives. Scores of innocents, from infants to elderly grandparents, Israelis and Americans, taken hostage. Children slaughtered, babies slaughtered, entire families massacred. Rape, beheadings, bodies burned alive. Hamas committed atrocities that recall the worst ravages of ISIS, unleashing pure, unadulterated evil upon the world. There's no rationalizing it, no excusing it period. The brutality we saw would have cut deep anywhere in the world, but it cuts deeper here in Israel. October 7th, which was a sacred Jewish holiday, became the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. It has brought to the surface painful memories and scars left by millennia of anti-Semitism and the genocide of the Jewish people. The world watched then. It knew And the world did nothing. We will not stand by and do nothing again. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. To those who are living in limbo, waiting desperately to learn the fate of a loved one, especially to families of the hostages, you're not alone. We're working with partners throughout the region, pursuing every avenue to bring home those who are being held captive by Hamas. I can't speak publicly about all the details, but let me assure you, for me, as the American president, there's no higher priority than the release and safe return of all these hostages. To those who are grieving a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, a friend, I know you feel like there's that black hole in the middle of your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it. The survivor's remorse, the anger, the questions of faith in your soul starting at staring at that empty chair, sitting shiva, the first Sabbath without them. They're the everyday things, the small things that you miss the most. The scent when you open the closet door, the morning coffee you shared together, the bend of a smile, the perfect pitch of her laugh, the giggle of your little boy, the baby. For those who have lost loved ones, this is what I know. they'll never. Be truly God. There's something that's never fully lost. Your love for them and their love for you. And I promise you, you'll be walking along some days and say, what would she or he want me to do? You smile when you pass a place that reminds you of them. That's when you know. When a smile comes to your lips before a tear to your eye, that's when you know you're going to fully make it. That's what will give you the fortitude to find light in the darkest hours when terrorists believe they could bring down, bring you down, bend your will, break your resolve. But they never did and they never will. Instead, we saw incredible stories of heroism and courage. Israelis taking care of one another. Neighbors forming watch groups to protect their kibbutz, opening their homes to shelter survivors. Retired soldiers running into danger once again. Civilian medics flying across rescue, flying rescue missions and off-duty medics at the music festival caring for the wounded before becoming victim, before becoming a victim himself. Volunteers retrieving bodies of the dead so families could bury their loved ones in accordance with Jewish tradition. Reservists leaving behind their families, their honeymoons, their studies abroad, without hesitation, and so much more. The state of Israel was born to be a safe place for the Jewish people of the world. That's why I was born. I've long said, if Israel didn't exist, we'd have to invent it. And while it may not feel that way today, Israel must again be a safe place for the Jewish people. And I promise you, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it will be. 75 years ago, just 11 minutes after its founding, President Harry S. Truman and the United States of America became the first nation to recognize Israel. We've stood by your side ever since. We're going to stand by your side now. My administration was in close touch with your leadership from the first moments of this attack. We're going to make sure we have what you have, what you need to protect your people, to defend your nation. For decades, we've ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. And later this week, I'm going to ask the United States Congress for unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. We're going to keep Iron Dome fully supplied so we can continue standing sentinel over Israeli skies, saving Israeli lives. We've moved U.S. military assets to the region, including positioning the USS Ford Carrier Strike Group in the eastern Mediterranean with the USS Eisenhower on the way to deter, to defer further aggression against Israel and to prevent this conflict from spreading. The world will know that Israel is is stronger than ever. And my message to any state or any other hostile actor, thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 Since this this terrorist attack took place, We've seen it described as Israel's 9/11. But for a nation the size of Israel, it was like 15 9/11s. The scale may be different, but I'm sure those horrors have tapped into some kind of primal feeling in Israel, just like it did and felt in the United States: shock, pain, rage, an all-consuming rage. I understand, and many Americans understand. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. I'm the first U.S. president to visit Israel in time of war. I've made wartime decisions. I know the choices are never clear or easy for the leadership. There's always cost, but it requires being deliberate. It requires asking very hard questions. It requires clarity about the objectives and an honest assessment about whether the path you're on will achieve those objectives. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses innocents, innocent families in Gaza as human shields, putting their command centers, their weapons, their communications tunnels in residential areas. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears a result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The United States unequivocally stands for the protection of civilian life during conflict, and I grieve, I truly grieve for the families who are killed or wounded by this tragedy. The people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today I asked the Israeli cabinet, who I've met with for some time this morning, to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza based on the understanding that there will be inspections and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas. Israel agree the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. Let me be clear. If Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. And it will end. As a practical matter, it will will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. We're working in close cooperation with the government of Egypt, the United Nations, and its agencies like the World Program and other partners in the region to get trucks moving across the border as soon as possible. Separately, I ask Israel... That the global community demand that the International Red Cross be able to visit hostages. I just demanded that the United States fully — adjust just that the United States fully supports. Today I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. This money will support more than 1 million displaced and conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. You are a Jewish state. You are a Jewish state, but you're also a democracy. And like the United States, you don't live by the rules of terrorists. You live by the rule of law. And when conflicts flare, you live by the rule law of wars. What sets us apart from the terrorists is we believe in the fundamental dignity of every human life. Israeli, Palestinian, Arab, Jew, Muslim, Christian, everyone. You can't give up what makes you who you are. If you give that up, then the terrorists win. And we can never let them win. You know, Israel's a miracle. A triumph of faith and resolve and resilience.
0: You are listening to President Joe Biden speaking live. And we wanted to carry that to let you hear him talking about the fact that he's sending a warning to those who in the region, who may cause trouble, he says don't, sends that warning as well, says he wants to send $100 million in U.S. aid. And this has tensions with Israel's neighbors, of course, are reaching a boiling point. So he he realizes clearly that this moment is bigger than even the U.S. president, any one leader in the world, and speaking um, with compassion about those grieving So let's bring in Guy Shiraki. As you listen to that guy, your takeaway and what strikes you.
1: Yeah, Dawn, two things. First is um, I think that most of us, hopefully most Americans recognize that what the president just said was powerful. Yes. Uh, It was compassionate. It was the voice of the United States. It was the voice of democracy. It was the voice of good and bad. It was the voice of justice. Um, so first and foremost, today's remarks were on point and his standing there adds added emphasis. My only regret is that it is 10 days later. Yes. And that the initial response, if you will, the default setting was that there were those in the president's administration who were equivocal, uh, who were mealy mouthed, who talked about ceasefire, who talked about, uh, uh, avoiding hostilities. So, I'm concerned that there are people working for the president who are not on the same page, who do not see the world in the way that Americans should, but the president has recovered and he is now speaking with a clear voice. I hope that the ambassadors, the emissaries, the folks at the State Department now understand that the president's message that he just delivered is our message, and that is a unifying message, uh, speaking to a policy that has been the policy of the United States since the founding of Israel.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. I thought it was beautifully written and properly and appropriately delivered, and this is a moment where it's bigger than any partisan politics. We need to unify and contain the situation, but I agree with you that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I wish this speech and this situation, imagine if it had happened even a few days earlier, but now it happens amid that boiling point. And even after that Gaza hospital, uh, Christian hospital was struck and allowing the terrorists that moment to spread disinformation reportedly um, with propaganda, which we know happens in war, to say, oh, that was Israel, and, you know, rev everybody up. So, but I, I, I agree with you that it's a huge moment, and I hope in this huge moment, as we're 40, 39 minutes away from, I know, Republicans in the House about to meet again, perhaps vote again, that they look at this moment in time with the president turning to Congress um, for measures that are needed. The House needs to be in order. Do you have a comment about the Jim Jordan situation, that vote that failed again yesterday?
1: Yeah, it's deeply disappointing. Uh, It's deeply disappointing for me as as an American. It's disappointing for me as a Republican, disappointing for me for someone who wanted to be in that room. Uh, I sometimes think that uh, maybe God had a smarter plan because I don't know that I could stand sitting in that room uh, uh, as they go through this. Look, I'm deeply disappointed, and I think we are at a moment in time where – Uh, uh, either Jim Jordan is the person that that folks need to rally around or they need to immediately find someone else. It's time for Republicans to show that they can govern. We should govern conservatively. We should not govern like left-wing Democrats, but we should govern. This is a moment in time. And it's not simply the Israeli-Hamas conflict. It's not simply what's happening in Ukraine. It's what's happening here in America. Our border is wide open. We're coming up against another debt ceiling vote. Americans are dealing with inflation. Crime is in our cities. There are real issues. Many Republicans have real answers to these and real plans. And we need to be in a position to put those forward. We need to get our internal family fight off the front page and get Republican policies back on the front page so we can have a debate with folks, whether it's about the Middle East or our border or crime. We need to get Republican ideas back on the front page and get beyond this. So my plea to Republicans in Congress has been as it's been now for weeks. Rally around Jim Jordan, and if he is not the person to leave, find that person. The petty differences, the who was for who first, and who gets to sit in what office and get nicer curtains, that stuff has to go away. I've always believed that Republicans were more serious in dealing with issues that concern our families. It's time for my party to show that, to rally around, elect a leader, and go about the business. Nobody expects the 221 men and women in the Republican caucus to agree on everything every day. We're different people with different life experiences and different constituencies. We have to be united that now is the time to govern, to be the loyal opposition, to show folks what we're for, what we're against, but that we want to participate in the debate and get our sideshow off the front pages.
0: Yeah, uh, Guy Shiraki. I wish you were in that room as well, you know, uh, and I know that, that that is this a moment like this. You would want to be there. Would you would you be somebody would what would you do if you were? And I hate hypotheticals, but I have to think about this. You know, what do they need to get it together? I mean, you look at Democrats and they have some far left, I mean, nut jobs who have said yep. things that are shocking to me that they can get away with, and yet somehow they move with unity, they get the team spirit. I said, you know, I was in a moment of satire. I had retweeted, re uh, react something from Riley Gaines today, and I said, maybe we need a disciplined athlete like Riley Gaines, world-class athlete, you know, to show them right. what it is to, to be a team player and to bring forth unity but when you look at what's happening there, what do you see?
1: Well, I don't want to comment on your tweeting because I don't want to get stalker or angry again. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I, look, I, I think you're, I think, I think you're expressing, you know, in a humorous way, but you're expressing the frustration we feel, which is we need to look for an answer. And my, and my counsel would be this. For the for the folks that had a disagreement with Jim Jordan, who, who admittedly may have not been their first or second or even third choice, mm-hmm. they need to come to realization that either he is the person to get to a majority and lead, not dictate, lead and restore order, or they need to find an alternative. And frankly, if I were in that room, uh as I promised my constituents I would do, is is I would speak with this voice. We're gonna rally around Jim Jordan, or we're gonna find somebody else, but we're gonna get this done and to look to the the folks that seem to be more focused on attention and i understand there's some deep disagreement but when but when jim jordan is able to get the vote of jim jordan when he's able to get the vote of scalise when he's able to get the vote of scott perry and when he's able to get the vote of brian fitzpatrick it is shown that he and his team are working to bring the party together and for the attention seekers the handful of attention seekers who live on social media and fundraising i think the caucus needs to look to them and say Folks, you have two choices. We're going to unite as Republicans and pick our leader, and we're going to lead and offer conservative solutions, or folks, if you don't get on the bus, we're going to go find 10 Democrats who will do it. And we will do, have to do that in a way that is much more distasteful, mm-hmm. where we will not be able to advance conservative ideas, but we're going to elect a speaker. And I think you need to put the onus back on the attention seekers and say you have two choices, a conservative speaker or a speaker that is chosen by 10 Democrats who are willing to come with us. I hope they choose the former. But I think we're at that moment, and I think we're at that moment where the Nancy Mace and the Matt Gateses of this world have to understand you're here to unite around a cause or not. That doesn't mean you have to like everything Jim Jordan stands for. It doesn't mean you have to vote blindly together, 221 to nothing all the time. But we need leadership, and that leadership either is going to come from our caucus on our ideas, we have no choice but to go across the hall and find 10 members on the other side. Uh, but one way or another, we need, we need leadership. So that's, I mean, that's my mindset at this point is I prefer and hope we do it as a team. But if we can't, then we need to go yeah. find other folks. And then it's then they hold that responsibility if they're forcing us the other
0: way. Yeah. And, and do what then? Say uh, we're going to boot you off of whatever committee. We're going to boot you off and we're going to put a Democrat on. How do you like that? Is that what you do?
1: Well, I, I think you, you relegate them to lower committees, you lo- relegate them to lower priorities. Look, here, here's the thing, is no one's asking them to vote against their conscience. No one's asking them to give up their First Amendment rights. No one's asking them not to fight for their district. We're saying, though, but you know, this, is not, this is not 221 men or women who ran to be president or who ran to be dictator. They ran to be representatives on a team. And I'm not asking for blind loyalty. I'm asking for consensus at some point leaders you run to be a leader to be a representative so i think everything's on the table because it's not so much threatening it's saying we're you know it, it, it's like you know the old analogy about rowing the boat we're all going to row the boat north if you're going to row the boat south or you're going to throw your paddles in the water or you're going to drag your paddle and slow us down then then the onus is on you i hope they understand they've proven their point jim jordan's not their first choice okay he may not have been my first choice. But again, I think, again, a man who has managed to bring together Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, Scott Perry and Brian Fitzpatrick should get an A for effort. <laughs> and it's time to get on board. It's time to get on board and move ahead. The world knows this wasn't everybody's first choice, yeah. but he seems to have the majority vote. And we need to get back to the business, the border, the Middle East, crime, inflation, energy. We need to share with the voters what we're for and we're against, and get this off the front pages.
0: Amen. Uh, I just wanted to ask for your reaction before I'm way over here, Guy Shiraki. But I wanted to ask your reaction to the news that, in fact, at the Chester County facility, there, the prison there, we now know that emails and evidence have have been revealed by one of the guards there who says he had given higher ups a heads up as far as Danilo Cavalcante, the convicted killer, that that guy was trying to escape. And this was um, more than a month ahead of time. Have you, your reaction to that, because you're in Chester County there, I know many residents are furious over that and pushing for transparency.
1: Yeah, Don, I, I didn't, you know, this is in my home area, right? I Go can ahead. empathize what's happening in the Middle East. I can empathize what's happening at the border. This is not my own neighborhood. I'm furious. I, I don't know how else to describe it, because these the, the Democrats running our county have failed us every time. And even after the escape and even 14 days of national coverage with helicopters flying over my neighborhood, they said, we're sorry. We've learned our lesson. We're going to be transparent. We're going to fix this. And what do we learn? They not only weren't serious about running our prison, they were not, only did they, not only did they fail us in terms of safety and criminal justice, we now know they haven't even been transparent. It took a right to know request to get this information. And here we are, at Chester County. We're back to being national and statewide regional news again. Why? Because they don't take law and order seriously and they don't take transparency seriously. Seriously. So to me, they forfeited their right to lead. The commissioners who want to be reelected should not be. The DA and the sheriff who want to be promoted to lifetime jobs as judges to hands of justice. They failed that job interview. They failed us. They didn't protect us. They didn't learn from their lessons. And now they haven't been honest with us. It took a right to know request for us to learn basic things. How can we trust them going forward with our safety and protection? I'm outraged, and I hope voters understand. This crowd does not respect us, and this crowd does not want to protect us. They sure don't deserve to hold office. It's time for a different approach for people who take law and order seriously.
0: Guy Shiraki, thank you so much for your time and hanging with us during that live breaking speech with President Biden um, in Israel. We pray for peace both there and in America as well. Thanks, Guy Shiraki. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Don. Have a good day.